Starting off the the new year of podcasts right here. Oh yeah, it's the new year. Happy New Year's yeah. to you, man. Yeah, we're talking into the future. Happy New Year, Harvey Z. 2021. Wow. Yeah. How is it? It is much like 2020 so far. <laughs> That's not what I want to hear. It's supposed to be like all sunshine and rainbows and happiness. Question, T-Man. Am I allowed to okay. look for guests for the podcast? What do you mean by guests? Like people to come on to the podcast and talk about like gaming? in the place of you or like with me. I mean, I assume like, well, that, that's, that's, that's oh, what I'm asking. Yeah. Like, um, I, are you, I'd like to participate in, in to us? Yeah, maybe like a third person okay. just for like a cameo or like a, if I could convince like a porn star or somebody else, like a podcaster or something like that to come a on. Porn star. Wait, hold on. What? I'm just saying, like, what are my parameters here? If they game, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I have to vet them ahead of time. I need, I, I, I don't want to just be like, sure, sure. I, I have a surprise guest that I'm going to, sh- that's going to show up the day of podcasting. Okay. And like, you're pretty putting me on the spot here because if they're a person that listens to it, I don't want to be like, no, I don't want to have anyone on the podcast. Okay. Okay. I'm just. This is. Th- I'm just. You testing yell at the me water. for being unprofessional, and you're starting off 2021 by being very unprofessional and surprising me with a question while we're recording. That is something that is very sausagey. Well, this is pun intended. It is very much <laughs> so like a long shot, like less than one in a 100. But if like we happen to get a guest from like Harvey Z, I just want to know like that's kosher. Again, I have to know okay. who it is. Okay. The whole idea, like, whenever we've had a guest on that's not you, I've had an idea of what we're talking about on that episode in replacement. You know, like, I uh, I can't just vamp. surprise a person, you know, and be like, oh, crap, I, I don't have a plan for this. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And we also want to prove that we are professionals as well. Um, right. Yeah. So, like, if I convince, like, somebody who has, like, several thousand followers that we are a legit podcast and they somehow show yeah. up, that would be, like, we got to look professional as hell then, dude. Yes, exactly. Oh. That's the whole point. And you're really fucking with my imposter syndrome here by, you know... <laughs> bringing this up and suddenly being like oh shit i don't know anything about podcasting <laughs> i'm just saying like if anyway. i could convince someone or anybody like if people are just like oh yeah i need to like i came off of tv and i need to do something and i'm like make me a gamer is available and they for some reason like say yes should uh, we like i'm do glad that? to know this is a lot more hypothetical than i thought it was like i think we could bore at somebody you could what we could bore at somebody have you seen Borat too, or any? No, I haven't watched. I've never seen Borat. Oh, not even the first one. Not even the first one. I have no interest in that sort of humor. Yeah. Okay. I could say Borat two was far far better, but I was also older and more. Like I have the same views as you do. Two was surprisingly good, but I get what you're coming from with the humor. Two would not play well for you either. Then, basically, if we could convince somebody, we are legit. And like a prime minister of Britain or like a politician 
thinks that we're an actual <laughs> legit service and like can we ask them like what are their favorite video games shouldn't we do that you know it, it's amazing how like i appreciate how much you shoot for the stars because i have trouble being like hey i have a friend who i talk to on twitter and play games with occasionally and know they like gaming i might ask them to be a guest on my podcast at some point but i'm afraid i might be bothering them versus you is like i think i'm gonna ask justin trudeau the prime minister of canada if he wants to come on a gaming podcast that has like five followers okay cool yeah i'm gonna do that i mean we don't have to tell i appreciate, him I appreciate your mojo <laughs> That's that's all I, I'm saying. We can just if we can get press credentials. I mean, the world needs to know. Like, I guess, what do they play? What's <laughs> Mitch McConnell gaming right now? Fuck Mitch McConnell. No, <laughs> he is not allowed on this podcast. Fuck that turtle. Seriously, no, no. Mm -mm. That one I'm vetoing. I don't have a problem saying that. I I would not be able to talk to him without reaching through this goddamn computer and punching him in the face. It's a gamer. We're here. It's a gamer. Pay me for this, goddammit. Burble, burble, burble. Burble, burble, burble. Bloop. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Me a Gamer, the procedurally generated podcast that's a roguelike for your ears. I'm your host, T-Man, here in 2021, a brand new year where we're going to be very zen and not angry at all, and not yelling, and not surprising people with really bad takes. And I'm here with... Harvey Z in the place to be? Sorry, that was a lot more of an extended intro than we normally do. <laughs> Just a little bit. I'm now like, okay, hmm. Although I do like the hashtag for this episode should be hashtag fuck that turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fuck that turtle. Yeah, that's what we're starting. That's our energy going into 2021. I, I guess like we're like really looking into the future right now because, well, I don't know when this is going to come out because I'm going to try like to schedule. I've been like sort of really wacky with when the episodes come out. Like I'll kind of just edit them and then release them as when I'm done editing them. And I kind of got into that in 2020 because, you know, 2020 happened. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to, like, have a specific day I always release the episodes on. So I don't know exactly what day that is yet. I want to make sure I can stick to it. And that's whatever day this is coming out. So that's why it's maybe, been like, tricky. the, the Georgia, Georgia <laughs> elections have happened already. Or maybe they're, they're happening as we speak. I don't know. Because I have so much topical, like, day humor that I could do or something where I'm like, oh, it's Wednesday. And I could do regular Wednesday, like humor on like oh it's wednesday you know what that means but like it could be on a friday it could be on a thursday this is released i need consistency yeah. team man i mean we are consistent in when we record we always record on wednesdays so you can make wednesday jokes they just apply to us and not the audience because we're professionals in that way yes no yes we're we're what what was that that we had from a previous episode we're professional men of the people it, it wasn't that something was it of the people i thought we were just got were we goddamn professionals i don't remember that was last um, year that's so 2020 <laughs> might not even been 2020 it might have been 2019 when we came up with that anyway we're starting off the new year kind of the same as the old year 
last couple of years, like my first podcast of the new year, I tried to do something different or I came in with plans and everything, but I'm not doing that this year. This year, we're just starting off having a blast, kind of free-forming it, because I've been on vacation, and I'm not thinking as much as I should be, but I am planning on doing better with the podcast. Uh, I have plans, but I'm not going to talk about them, because every time I talk about them and don't do them, I feel bad about it, but just podcast is moving forward this year. I feel like we've starting to get into a groove. Uh, we got a lot of feedback over the Game of the Year episode um, that we released. I was impressed. I don't know yeah. why people agree <laughs> with you. I mean, but... Harvey Z, man of the people. <laughs> I have my yeah, post it... right on it. Yeah, yeah. I guess people agree with you for some reason on your takes. I, I will never understand <laughs> it. I feel like I'm the reasonable one, but maybe I'm not. Maybe it's me who is wrong and not the children. Uh, that was a Simpsons reference. Ah, okay. Like I've like how old of a Simpsons reference? Cause I think, I, I mean, it, the, the thing is though, it's not a, a Oh, I got it's it. It's not okay. an old reference. It's because just, it's like used re, as a meme regularly yeah so like I was at so what confused. point is it still old because i'm like think of the children and it's like oh that came from the simpsons that's i've seen it everywhere else yeah and no that's not the reference i was well, talking about like ned flanders wife going like oh won't someone think of the children or something and like no that's that's it's the it's principal skinner being like am i wrong no it's uh, the children who are wrong oh Am, or like, I'm, am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong or something. Yes, I, I've seen it applied also. Anyway, you know, uh, this is all completely random. I, uh, I don't have anything particularly planned for this episode. There were a couple games. Well, one specific game you've been playing that we wanted to talk about. And we will get to that. But first... Dun, dun, Pause dun. for dramatic effect. I was wondering, otherwise we lost you. <laughs> we need to talk about Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, so while we were recording all our game of the year, end of the year stuff, looking back on the podcast, all those episodes where we were playing games and having fun, like Cyberpunk 2077 was like burning to ash <laughs> in front of gamers' eyes. And we didn't really talk about it. We briefly talked about cyberpunk as a genre, mm -hmm. but the actual game has sort of been setting the, the game news world on fire. And while it's probably been talked about to death, especially going into 2021, uh, I feel like I wouldn't do... I, I, I need to perform some sort of moratorium on this game uh -huh. And I'm gonna try to really not pull off a, you know, God, what's the what's the Simpsons guy? I'm doing a lot of Simpsons reference. The the guy that laughs, the hey, hey. Oh, Nelson. Nelson. That's right. That's the name I was trying to think of. Uh, yeah, I've tried not to pull that with CG Project Red, but I kind of wanna because I've been like not high on this game for a while, and to see it crash and burn, and CD Project Red sort of burn all their goodwill has been like very schadenfreude to me i've enjoyed it a little bit mm -hmm. 
Because I think when, like, maybe if we had started, like, January of last year, you were kind of, like, on the fence and wanted to see more about this game. Yeah, and the more I saw, the more I did not want to play it. Ah. Um, so, I'm, I'm trying to s- decide where to begin. When did it come Basically, out? Basically, like... Okay, so it came out December 10th. It was a very late release uh, in the year. And it's been delayed a couple times. It was originally supposed to come out, I think, in may of this year maybe april but it was like mid-spring-ish release uh and then it got delayed excuse me to november and then like a couple weeks before its release in november it got delayed another three weeks into december so there were several delays just to start out with but basically rolling back the clock a little bit cd project red is a polish developer they made the three Witcher games. Uh, uh, those are and, good. <clears throat> yeah. Well, no. So the Witcher game, the the first one was eh. It was fine. It was kind of Euro jank. Um, <laughs> not great, but a fine game. Witcher 2 was like underground sort of niche hit where people like enjoyed it and it was pretty good. Triss, who is a character from The Witcher 2 from the Witcher series, I guess, but like she ended up on Playboy. It got like mildly popular mainstream reception. Yes. It was like a big thing. It was like a computer generated character was a Playboy model and like had like a nude photo shoot, but it was all like 3d animated weird. It was weird. That's I was about to say, like I'm usually into this sort of stuff. That just sounds weird to me. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that was actually related to The Witcher 2 and not The Witcher 3, because I don't, I don't know. Anyway, uh, and then The Witcher 3 came out, and it it was, like, slowly built up momentum. Like, it was released, and people who liked The Witcher 2 got into it, and, like, word of mouth spread. And eventually, after, like, bug fixes and all that good stuff, like, Witcher 3 is kind of regarded as a really well-done RPG. Um, One of the best games of the generation to some people. I disagree. I played it. I tried playing it. I did not find it particularly revolutionary or enjoyable. Uh, It did some cool things, but not cool enough for me to be interested in it. Uh, But that's my personal opinion. And it varies wildly from the general consensus which is the witcher 3 is a good game but because witcher 3 was so well regarded cd project red got like a really you know rabid fan base okay and they announced cyberpunk 277 in like 2013 i want to say like it was crazy early when they announced it compared to its release and they didn't actually start like fully working on it until like 2016 or so. So it wasn't like they would have been working on it this entire time. It was more like they announced it that they were going to be doing something with the property and they like they were in like the planning stages or like had the rights to the property, but they didn't start into full development until a couple years ago. So this was, isn't like a. Final Fantasy 15 situation where it's in development for a decade and like <laughs> development hell sort of Duke Nukem forever shit. So what CD Projekt Red ended up doing was promoting this game like it was going to be 
the next revolutionary RPG because they had gotten so much attention and goodwill and like everyone sort of like was filleting them over the Witcher 3. Uh, they were like, we're for the gamers. We're a, we don't care about, you know, greed or anything. We're a company that it makes games for gamers. And they, they sort of like cultivating this fan base and, and promising them the world. What happened was the fan base and the people expecting this game, like what is, since it's been announced or like thinking this is going to be like revolutionary. It's going to be like a jump in gaming and everything is going to like take its cues from cyberpunk once it's released and okay. like it's going to it, everything is going to be different it's going to like blow everyone's mind it's going to be the best game ever created because that's how gamers get hyped apparently they can't like set reasonable expectations for a game especially coming off a game they think is like the best game that's ever been made they can only think that the next game this developer makes is also going to be the best game ever made. I mean, it doesn't hurt if you have like really good marketing and you have like Keanu Reeves at some point like coming out and it's like, oh, this is going to be a game changer. Like, I mean, yeah, the, the marketing was there. I don't, don't get me wrong. They they were marketing and using the publicity and using the goodwill they had accrued to get people hyped for this game. And that's cool, but keep in mind, they've made three games. They've made the three Witcher games, and now they're making Cyberpunk. Oh, that's like, it? This isn't like... <laughs> yeah, like, they, they don't have, like, a long record like Sony does or, you know, <laughs> Nintendo or Rare or Ubisoft or, you know, any of these other gigantic companies... Which, but they were trying to play up. They were like Rockstar or Activision. Like they're a good giant gaming company, but they've only made a couple games. Like they had one really big hit, but that's it. I could, yeah, I'm, like, I'm okay. Now I'm picturing like an indie band that suddenly shoots in with like a number one single. And now they're like thinking they're on top of the world and their next album is right. Made. Exactly. Yeah. Like, cause no, no band that gets played on the radio a thousand times a day is going to think they're the one hit wonder, right? Yeah. But some of them are. So cyberpunk at this point is going into like, we're bigger than Jesus. We got this. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like this hype bubble that they've set up for themselves. Now here's the, the problems that they, uh, they started having. Let's see a week before launch. The reviews started coming out and as expected, a lot of reviewers like gave the game high marks. Um, High marks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, like, like reviewers were giving it good reviews. This, this was like the Monday before I think is when the embargo um, ended and like reviewers could like post their reviews and high marks generally, but there were some bad reviews and there were some not so glowing reviews. Uh, one in particular was a woman for, oh God, I think it was GameSpot. It's Callie Plage, I want to say Plage. I don't actually know how to pronounce her last name. I think she works for GameSpot. Hold on, let me let me check. But she gave the game a seven out of ten, which you know, okay, that's 
that's just um, terrible. Average? Yeah, she works for GameSpot. Yeah, no, it it is average if you think of what 7 out of 10 means. But to a fan base that gets hyped beyond oblivion, a 7 out of 10 is the fucking death knell. Mm -hmm. So this reviewer gets death threats, gets like, you know, all sorts of crap thrown at her on Twitter because she happened to give the game an honest opinion. Uh, There was a lot of you know, YouTube videos made about her, which from pieces of shit that I'm not going to go into, Mm -hmm. but basically partly because she was a woman, partly because she gave the game a seven out of 10 people gave her a bunch of shit, uh, for giving an honest review. Like she pointed out what she did and why she didn't like certain parts of the game, but you know, whatever. Okay. So that sounds helpful. Like she actually backed up her stuff. It wasn't just like, eh, I didn't like it. No, it was, yeah. Right. No, she, she wrote a review. And okay. she did a good job and gave an honest opinion and didn't like give it a nine out of 10 just because it was like supposed to be the game of the generation. Then another reviewer, Liana Rupert, Rupert, I don't actually, again, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce names. She wrote a sort of article and or helpful guideline to say, hey, there's a sequence in this game that looks like it's based off of real world medical things that make people have epileptic seizures. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> and she was had like a seizure while playing this game because these bright flashing lights and whatever like uh, yeah. caused epilepsy. And she was like, "Hey, for other people who want to enjoy this game uh and have epilepsy, don't watch these sequences." And maybe we can get these fixed before like the game releases or like in a patch or something. And it was seriously just trying to help people with the game. And the fan base yells at her, sends her death threats, sends her messages uh, that have like flashing videos and everything to try and get her to uh, have epileptic fits. Again, for a game that isn't out yet, they haven't played They've just been super hyped for. This is, yeah, it's, none of this sounds, this is like what I used to picture with like Gamergate and like the reputation of like gamers online of like being trolls and assholes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was bad. And like that sort of thing that like gamer reputation always makes me like consider the title of our podcast. Like, do we really want to make someone a gamer? Should we change our podcast? Do people just ignore us because they don't like the word gamer? Anyway, that's just random thoughts I've had. So this is all happening before the game is released. And then shit starts actually going down. Uh, It's discovered that the reviewers had to sign an NDA ahead of time mm-hmm. that they wouldn't use any of their own footage before the game was released. They only had to use footage that CD project red provided all the reviewers played on pre C or PC, excuse me. Uh, no console versions of the game were given out pre release to be reviewed. And basically there was like a giant muzzle put on the game because guess what? The game is kind of buggy. And it turned out that the game on base PS4 and base Xbox One 
just flat out didn't work. People were buying the game the day it came out and like it was crashing. It was unplayable with like buggy messes and textures not loading in. Characters were T-posing. Like graphics were terrible. Like there's a video I saw of a guy driving his motorcycle into a ditch and driving around in the ditch and then suddenly the ditch turns into like a giant river and like all the water spawns in like 30 seconds after he's been driving around in the ditch and he gets knocked off the motorcycle and starts drowning. Like <laughs> it's, it's weird shit. Like someone will like punch a wall and then go flying into the sky above the city. Uh, cars will just spawn out in the middle of the air and explode. Like it's absolutely a mess. They, the, the AI is not great. Uh, like some guy did a demonstration where like he stood on a car in the middle of like a traffic jam and like fired his gun into the air and literally in sync, every single person got out of their car at the same time and then did the exact same duck and cover motion. Like just at like, like it was synchronized planning on their parts. Like there wasn't any difference in the AI. They're all like, just step out of the car calmly and then duck and cover. Okay. And, like, I can go on and on yeah. about all the weird, stupid bugs, but, like, the fact that CD Projekt Red specifically made it so reviewers couldn't use their own footage to show off these bugs and also didn't let reviewers have console versions before release, they were basically trying to market an unfinished, underdeveloped game to console people. Okay. And on top of that, they went through certification with Sony and Microsoft for their consoles and Sony and Microsoft saw these bugs and CD Projekt Red had promised for, like to have them fixed and have the game in a playable state by the time it was released. Uh, and so that's why it got through certification. Now, all that is fun, but then CD Projekt Red did... <laughs> They just like, oh God, there's so much. I, I don't even know where else to begin with this. Like they, CD Projekt Red, uh, the Twitter account was like, if you don't like the game, you can go through Sony and Microsoft to refund it. But they said that without actually getting clearance from Sony and Microsoft mm -hmm. to do the refunds. And Sony doesn't do digital refunds on their system unless the game is literally broken and can't be played. And in that case, it has to be pulled off the eShop. And so after a couple days, Sony pulled the game off the eShop. Like literally you can't buy Cyberpunk on digital versions of the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, as far as I know, like currently still, because... They took the game off. And then they gave the refunds and everything for Sony? And then they started doing the refunds, but that's, like, how bad this game was. It literally got, got pulled off the Sony shelves, so to speak. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's no longer a PlayStation game? For now. Yeah. 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 Eventually, when it's, like, actual optimized, it'll, it'll come back or, like, fixed or whatever. And then there's more then oh there's more like it, imagine fallout 76 but all of it happening within like a week time frame that's how bad this game crashed and burned because i knew about the sony thing but i was like i don't think i've heard more than that like 
But Sony pulled so it. The PC f- game was fucked as well really? because apparently if your save file went over, I think 80 megabytes or maybe eight megabytes, I don't know. It was eight something uh, megabytes. But if this, the save file went over that, it corrupted and you couldn't play that game anymore. Oh, okay. And basically what happens if you have too many items or craft too much shit is what rises or, or raises the the file size. And so fucking PC gamers are playing speed with their consoles trying to keep their or not consoles, but with their save files trying to keep their, <laughs> you know, size limit underneath the 80 megabytes or else they lose their entire save file. And CD Project Red's moderator response is like one of the the moderators on the side is like, oh, the game isn't designed for endless play. Like, play the game and then start a new one instead of playing for forever on one save file. Like, what the fuck? Oh, it, it's... It is the children yeah. who are wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, I there There's all sorts of other stuff, like... The, the way that AI it was programmed is, like, if you scare scare people, like, if you shoot, like, in the air and civilians, like, duck and cover, if you look away and then look back, they just disappear. Like, the, the way the game's structure is, is to get rid of, you know, uh, changes in the environment is they just remove the offending changes. Okay, so it's a badly made game? Yeah, it's not just, like the the thing they cultivated like it didn't come out as like the best game ever it's like it's actually badly made it's not done very well and on top of that like according to some reviewers now that the games have been out for a few weeks it's actually not that great a game story-wise either like it doesn't really use the cyberpunk setting for very much other than like 80s aesthetic uh sci-fi set dressing like they don't do any cyberpunk themes uh there was a lot of issues with transphobic shit mm-hmm. and they don't really address trans things at all in the game um aside from like using them as like really bad set dressing and like they they made this oh i forgot about the dicks clipping through pants um what the part of the character creator was that you could like change the size, you could like customize your dick or your vagina and whatever. And some sizes of dicks would like clip through the pants. So you would just walk around and your dick would be flopping out of your pants for some reason. Um, uh, oh, and they tied gender to your voice. So people were really upset about that because you, you, however you sounded had was what your gender was it it's there i i'm i'm sure there's stuff i am forgetting about this but it is seriously at this point so now it's been a like a, it's been a couple of weeks did like the company cd project red or whatever did they acknowledge that they kind of fucked up at the moment I don't think so. They they've posted several like apology messages and like we're working on it and they've promised like patches in like January and February that's supposed to fix everything. 
Okay. But <laughs> right now they're actually in legal trouble because investors have sued the company because they actually uh, promised that the console games were ready to go and ready to be shipped and like lying to an investor about like product completion and whatnot is actually like a crime that can be prosecuted for that's a very vague and general description of it i don't know all the actual legal in and outs about what exactly they said to investors and why they're suing them and whatnot but it's basically because the game is broken and they promised the investors it was a finished product the investors can now sue them and like their stocks were tanking for several days uh it it's like they took all the goodwill they had built up from the witcher 3 and just flushed it down the toilet they wiped their asses with it and just threw it all in the toilet that makes it sound intentional when you do it that way it just sounds like they well they they specifically misled people about the console versions they specifically hid all the bugs and everything by not letting reviewers use their own footage only mandated cd project red footage so the game would look like it was this perfect thing like they were legitimately intentionally hiding things. So now this is all the while like pretending they're like the gamer company. And this is where I'm wondering, like, how big is this company? Is it like ten people like doing this, or is it like, oh well, marketing promised a lot, but like the developers are totally like on the side of the people and we didn't know or we got screwed or like finger pointing and stuff, or is it just like a couple people going I mean, like, yeah, we fucked up or yeah, we're, we're assholes. It's, it's absolutely the executives that fucked up. Like I'm not blaming any of the developers or the QA people. They probably knew the game was broken, but it was the executives and the marketing people and the PR who decided to try and push through a game that was uh, undercooked, underdeveloped and used people's hype to make eight million dollars or not eight million dollars i think i think they're at like eight million copies sold already or something ridiculous like that like did this game do yeah. well i mean i'm sure that once uh, i mean they've already made all their money back okay like through like the first day sales mm -hmm. they made all their money back that they had invested into this game like that is how hyped people were for like the de that day one purchase They've they they they're the game is profitable despite the fact that it's broken as shit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that was Cyberpunk and a little recap of how CD Projekt Red rose to grace greatness and then kind of flamed out. Um, I don't think that there is a chance that this game is eventually fixed and put into a playable state and isn't as buggy as hell mess and is a decent e average sci-fi rpg game but i think they have sort of torched their goodwill with reviewers and i don't i mean i can't be in the minds of a stupid fan base so i would hope that people will not jump blindly into their next game but we'll see anyway hmm. that that was a brief synopsis of the cyberpunk drama which was not brief at all i apologize Let's talk about a good game.
or what I assume is a good game because you've been playing a lot of it. A fair game, because it's interesting that you mentioned bugs and stuff like that, but we'll get to it. <laughs> so I was feeling the holiday spirit, and um, I gifted both to Harvey Z and uh, our friend of the pod, Professor Q, a copy of uh, Phoenix Point, which is a... Uh, game by the original director of XCOM. We talked about it at length last year. And when I say last year, I mean 2019. Uh, because there was a big Epic Games drama with them because they uh, screwed over their uh, backers for like Kickstarter or whatever. Because there was it was Epic exclusive for a year, so people couldn't get their Steam code on launch. and. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of nonsense, and we were looking forward to it, and then I just kind of threw it away because of that. But then it came out on Steam, and it was half off uh, for, like, its first weekend that it was available. And so I, since we all like XCOM games, I bought it for myself, and I also gifted it to Harvey Z and to Professor Q. And it was under the strict, not, not strict, but I did say, like, this was not a podcast plan. This was just a gift game for him to play to enjoy on his own it was this was not planned content yes this was Um, just for fun yeah yeah this was just for fun unlike for stasis which was like an actual planned thing or like stanley parable things like that that we've done in the past um so you you've actually played it a lot more than i have so i'm interested to hear your thoughts on. yeah because when i got it i could see like professor q had played it for 30 minutes you had played it for a few hours And I knew nothing really of it other than, yeah, we talked about it. And it's another XCOM-like game in the sense of every game that says it's XCOM-like, I want to love. But I've I've had my heart broken a few times. And so I just kind of left it. And I think I had it for a while then, like maybe a week or so. And I felt like guilty about it. Christmas was coming up. And I was like, I should appreciate your present and sort of like play this and see what it is so I can like, kind of at least come to you and be like, I had your fruitcake. It was delicious. Thank you. <laughs> that sort of a thing. I'd like, and I'd forgotten that it was made by like the XCOM guy. And so then mm-hmm. I launch it. The intro, I've listened to it so many times now, but I just, it hooked me. And then I was like, oh, this, okay, it is XCOM-y. And it's not just like everything is like XCOM, but I was like this. And then I started to play the tutorial and I started getting sucked in and like, The music, the atmosphere, the, okay, there are actual aliens and I'm, and defense squad and I'm, this is fucking XCOM. And then I got super hype (laughs) and excited for it. And I started to play the tutorial and I'm starting to enjoy it. And like that, after that, I've just got like, I hadn't gotten like my brain on that since like a game like Breath of the Wild, where then I just started playing it. And like every night I'd want to play it and stuff. At this point, I'm at 31 hours, um, having played it like in my off time when I can and like had a couple days where I just binged on it for a couple hours at a time. And I'm enjoying it. Thank you very much for this gift. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad you're having fun with it. Like it does feel like a successor, not a sequel, but like, I don't know what's the right word, if it's an homage or a successor, but I could see where the person took the XCOM ideas and like advanced it further. Cause there's a lot of stuff this game does right that I really enjoy. And then there are things that I still dislike and hate about this game though. All right. Like, so I can't say it's let, like a 10 out of 10 kind of thing, but it is okay. a, all right. That's, that's fair. Yeah. So let's start with what you do like about it. 
So, and I don't want to spoil things, so I have to know like a little bit about what you know about the game, but the gist of it is, so you are a world defense force, you have a base, there's base construction, there's the enemy that you face, uh, which is the aliens, correct? Yeah, I can't remember what they're called. They are called, yeah, there's so many, like I just call them the crabs because of the intro. So <laughs> I don't know about, if you know about like, the cancerification kind of thing that happens in like biology, which is to say like crabs. So in real life, like the form and shape of a crab has been like evolved into independently by like several different species, like four or five times, if not more, like independently just on this planet. Like we keep creating or evolving into crabs. Well, not us, but like <laughs> this, this shape seems to be an ideal shape. And so in the beginning, they talk about like, if you listen to the intro, like the temperature of the planets are hotter than ever. And then they have a whole bunch of crabs and they're like, crabs have become more ravenous. And then you have like creatures from the ocean are coming out and like this whole, like the Pandora, they're Pandorans. That's the enemy. Because uh, of the Pandora, Pandora virus, the Pandora yeah, virus right. yeah. comes out, which is also weird for like playing a 2020 game and like the world has been devastated by a virus and everything. But that's a whole separate thing. Yeah. And like, I'm just playing it though. And so yes, to me they were the crab people because so many of the enemies have like crustacean features to them, which I think is really cool and amusing. Crab and it's a nice little people. like touch. Just evil crabs. And so <laughs> that's the main enemy. But because you got me like this year one thing, there's actually a ton more content that kind of got me confused because then I started to guess, is this in the expansion pack or is this in the main game? At this point, like I've played enough to where I know one of the expansion packs immediately like kicks off within a few hours of the game. And so I have a second enemy that I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten to the second enemy yet. I've gotten to, I've been fighting the Pandorans and I've been like, I think I've met all of the factions in some way. So um, the the three different factions yeah. that you can like ally with, but I haven't met a second enemy yet. Well, so that's where it got tricky, but because it's that's the other mechanic that I find really interesting here. And I was then I started to read up on this game like at the twenty four hour mark, so I know a little bit more in the sense of where the game is not designed for like some of the achievements and stuff. You're gonna have to play this game multiple times. Like, well, that's how I think XCOM is too. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of trophies and achievements that you have to play through it multiple times to because get good at it. This is something where like, this was something where I saw it's okay. The XCOM guy took something from XCOM and pulled it further. So like a plus I really like is the factions in the sense of there are three independent groups that you can work with that have their own play style units and like stuff like that. And of course they all have like, so assault troops across the board, snipers and stuff, but each of them have a different like style, look, aesthetic, and even like their equipment is slightly different. Some have more ammunition, some have more like distance, some have more like strength. And so I thought in the beginning, my immediate as a collector, I'm like, so I have to be friends with all of these guys so I can collect every single thing so that by the end game, I, I've got to catch them all kind of thing. And like mm -hmm. the way the game is designed is inevitably, it's really hard to remain friends with all three groups, if, especially if you start to ally with one more than the others. Yeah, I've already got one group requesting that I raid the factory of another group. Yeah. And like, yeah. So who are you interested? Which faction are you kind of leaning towards right now? Or I mean, I haven't I haven't really talked to all of them yet. Ah. Uh, I think I, I've 
I like know all of them and I've like done missions for two out of the three, but one of the missions was sabotage the third people. And so the third people are like, I don't like you anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really know what they're about yet. I think I've mostly been with the, the Synodrons, yeah. I want to say. The Synodrons. They're the ones I've done. The, yeah, yeah, I think they're the ones I've done the most for so far. Same here. I'm I'm really good friends with the the not Snyderian, but the Synodron and like the Temple of Anu. I'm surprisingly good friends with. I'm actually beating up a little bit on like the Jericho people, the new Jericho folks. Yeah, they're the ones that they I keep getting requests to fuck with, and so I'm like, well, I met these other guys first, so you know, sorry. Uh I met the Jericho people first, so I liked them, but then I liked the other people, and then they each were like, fuck with the other guy, and I was like, I'm going to pick the third guy now, because the third people were completely different, but then I, this is where it gets interesting, of where it's just, they they have different storylines and pathways, and like, what I like is, storyline-wise, they each have different viewpoints towards this alien menace, so it also is in that way, like, the new Jericho people are like, we have to protect earth and like human values and human lives matter most. And so like, while they're the most to me, like, Oh, this is almost fascist or militaristic. Like they're the ones who are closest to like a authoritarian slash, like what we would be, if it makes sense in that way. While like the other folks are like, well, we just need to get rid of the aliens, but like the stuff that's changing and stuff, maybe we can harvest and use these new genetic things and like, can we control the elements and stuff? And then the other ones are like, we're going to worship them and we are the new evolution themselves and stuff. And so it's like, you could pick your philosophy and kind of go in the storyline with that. And it's just different viewpoints. And then, so you haven't gotten to then, the expansion is going to add in more factions or groups to kind of play into this in some way. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten that far into it yet. Yeah, it's been interesting. Like, I like some of the quality of life uh, changes to, like, the mechanics of the game. Mm -hmm. Like, I really like how, like, if you're moving and you spot an enemy you haven't seen yet, your guy immediately stops and then you get a choice of whether you want to continue the movement again or like change up what you're go- what you're doing. XCOM used to have so that's where like the original XCOM so which is the guy this guy worked on that game did have that mechanic. The newer ones may have lost that a little bit where you complete your move all the way through. What I really like as well is this is forgiving if you misclick like you click off to the side or something. You you don't just use up all of your movements, but you can continue to like you can move, shoot, and move again. Right. Yeah. Like the the AP point system. Yeah. And this or one, guess- it's really nice in the sense of where combat gets really interesting because it's not just about cover and half cover anymore. It's all about angles as well. Yeah. Like I've noticed, I noticed that once I started fighting people with actual guns, and how like it actually matters what you can see because like i always have to go into like the free aim mode and be like am i actually going to be able to hit this guy if i shoot at him and the answer is a lot of the times no yeah and like where so the mechanic in this game is you can click shoot like every other game attack 
you're actually less likely sometimes to hit something if you just hit that. And you should almost always, if you go into free aim, you get this little cursory thing and it's two circles, a big one and a little one. And the little one, about 50% of your shots might get there, but 100% of your shots are in the big circle. And so I've found like with pistols and stuff, if I aim for center of mass, I'm going to like, especially with guys who have shields, they're going to miss. But I love like having really accurate guys who have tight circles and like you can see feet and like arms and stuff and just shoot them off. Right. I love doing I like being able to damage limbs and things or like if a guy's like head is poking around a corner and you have a good sniper range, you can just like line up that circle on his head and just dome him. It's 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 really good that sort of system. I like that change to it. Or not change, but like I don't know, I guess it is kind of a change. Because at first I was like, oh, this is gimmicky. Like why would I ever free shoot? I would just wanna just just shoot and get it over with. But then I realized like it's super it's nice to have that big circle and you know one hundred percent of your shots are gonna go in the big circle. And as it gets tighter it's nice, but sometimes like by chance, there's no way, or if you're further away, your circle is only going to cover half of him. And so you still get the XCOM sense of like, I hope I make this shot and you might miss all three times or something, even though 50% of the guy was in there. Yeah. It's interesting because like, do you risk the shot of possibly getting his head and definitely killing him? Or do you aim for center mass and you know, won't kill the enemy, mm-hmm. but might but we'll definitely do damage for like all the shots. And like in XCOM, like the sequel or XCOM two and all those, it was all about like, you got to be undercover or half cover or your guys are going to get wasted here. Sometimes if I go into rooms and stuff, it's better to actually not be in cover, but stand at where I know angle wise, the enemy just simply cannot see me, but I'm not undercover and they can't make the shot. And because you can, like, move, shoot, and move, it gives you a lot more options Mm -hmm. of, like, I can duck out of this area, get a shot off, and then duck back in so the enemy can't get to me. That's where I found my sniper has become lethal because I'll stand by a window, use half of my, like, one AP point to pop out the window, take the shot, and then use the rest of my move to just pop back into the room. And I'm basically using up one whole AP worth of movement but it's to move out and in. And so you can never see my sniper because I'm constantly like popping out of stuff. And it's so like, it makes it, I don't know, more, not realistic, but like more strategic in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a question. And mm-hmm. are there more than the three classes or is yes. that all you get? So okay. this is where it was frustrating for me, actually. This was a, in the beginning, it was frustrating, which is to say, technically there's not more than three. There's like, you mean sniper, assault, and heavy. Correct. Those are the three classes that you as Project Phoenix have. Mm-hmm. The leveling up system, have you leveled up your guys to maximum or halfway? There, so you can maximize them I, at I think, seven. I think I'm at level five is my highest okay. right now. I have, and I think level seven is the max. Seven is the max. You can gain like points to put onto stats, but like they won't gain new skills after, like in the skill tree that they come with, they can't gain more skills than seven. Right, but yeah. what you what happens is basically every unit at level four can choose to multi-class, or you can ignore multi-classing. But that's it. So you can create varieties of you can have half heavy, half sniper, half sniper, half assault, half assault, half heavy. So like that's the way the game creates variety. And then the variables are right. each character may have up to three unique traits to their person alone, and so you'll get two skill trees plus three unique traits, and that's it for your guys. 
in Project Phoenix. Now, the other factions also have sniper assault and like um, some form of heavy or such, but they have variations on that, if that makes sense. Like they have the same uh. of like, they have a light trooper, a medium trooper, and a heavy type trooper or a, but depending on their style and such, it's completely different actually. And so that's what, if you gain their technology, you can suddenly customize your people to be very different in like, there can be what a, they do yes. in that class. So the skill tree powers, though, are always the same, unfortunately, I've found. But, like, you could have, like, an invisible guy in, like, I believe, so for an example, like, the snipers, they can be snipers and super long-range snipers in, like, the, um, again, the Schneiderian people, whatever they're called, the Synedrion. They can have super long-range and everything. Or their, like, light trooper is actually, like, a spy kind of infiltrator guy who can be, like, super sneaky and uses, like, crossbows and hand pistols and stuff. While, like, the other group, like, if you go with Jericho, they go with, like, mechs, like, heavy firepower and stuff like that. And so it's, if you get them, though, I've got a guy that's half mech, half, like, invisible suit. And he carries around, like, a machine gun and a sniper rifle. And from a distance, oh, he can snipe cool. people. But then if you get up close to him, he has, like, a heavy weapon. So, like, that's oh, how nice. it... At first, I was like, this is so limiting. Because I was like, oh, all I can do is take these three guys and make them into two variation kind of things. But once I started to get people from outside, like, they play differently. And they have different styles. Where, like, the invisible guy, I bought one and I couldn't equip him with anything. Because I had nothing that the invisible guy could actually use. Got and it. then like that makes like one guy has just I, melee I like that a little more and like the the thing that's tricky is they if they come with three skill sets some people are just destined to be better at certain jobs like one guy is an assault guy but at like level four he may gain the ability to become super proficient with sniper rifles so for him i know he needs to be a sniper at some point as well right yeah like i bought or not bought but um I recruited a couple new people and like one of them is like a heavy, but he's really good at sniping. So I know I'm going to. Yeah. Like multi-class him that way. Right. Yeah. And like the variation, it is kind of interesting after a while where you're like, Oh, like the assault class will allow you greater movement as you get their points. And so you could have a mobile heavy or you could choose instead. Snipers will give you the chance to like, use less AP points and be more efficient with your time units. So you could have a heavy that instead can shoot quicker or more often and you have to make a path. You can't have somebody who can do both unless they're like a sniper assault. And so those are the sorts of decisions I've started to have to make. So gotcha. it feels restrictive early game, which is why when the game like opens up, once you start becoming allies and sharing like information, that's when I was like, oh, and that's why I keep saying to you like the 12 hour mark is where it's like, because the other thing this game kind of does is it is super brutal resource management wise. Because there's multiple resources. Yeah, you have I've, to... I've already noticed that just from like, I wanted to build more things for my new mm -hmm. units. And like, I can't afford to do that. Like it is because here they have research. There's like tech points, which go into research. There's food, which you need for like buying units and stuff. So I can't do my, my immediate strategy for XCOM would be, I would just hire dudes that were like 50 bucks. So I'd have like 20 guys in my base and I would just spawn them out and let them die every like cannon fodder. Cause I could always buy somebody new early on. And like in this game, it's so expensive. Like for the longest time in that game, I only had like six guys. My original six guys were the only people I had. Cause I couldn't afford to get another guy. And so if I lost somebody, it was 
brutally painful. And then for me, the most rate limiting is like materials because every battle, they the nice thing is they ask you, do you want to replenish all your ammo and stuff? But then you might have gained 200 material. And for me, it costs like 100 material to replenish all my guys. So I immediately get lost on resources. Yeah. So at, so at some point it becomes what, more uh, friendly. What parts did, did you not like? So like what what it, for what me the game it is so this the storyline I love I love the battle sequences for me it's there's certain bugging points in the game that are frustrating which is to say like moving around with the mouse so I'm playing on a Mac I have a single button mouse like at times the game gets like stuck or like it zooms off on a corner and I have to like try to find I wish I I don't know the button off the top that centers on my guy kind of thing so like those little things are annoying it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's like sometimes the camera will spin out or like it'll get stuck on like the top level. And I want to zoom to like a second floor of a building and I can't just easily do it, especially with the Mac mouse that is completely smooth and doesn't have a wheel or something. So it's like little things like that is small problems. The more annoying thing I have sometimes is I'll sometimes misclick grenades <laughs> where like I'll click on grenade to like throw a grenade and my guy immediately pulls out a grenade and throws it at the ground and blows himself up. <laughs> that has happened. That, so that sounds like user error. Like what it is, is it's sometimes the keys get stuck where like I click on the screen and I don't know, but apparently in the game now, this means whatever action I do, like, it's like, do you want to move there? But if I click grenade, it's like, oh, you want to throw a grenade right there. And so I have to be really careful about like, I have to click grenade button and then I don't let go of my mouse and I have to like move it around to see, is it on grenade mode now or is it not? And like, it is, it happened just yesterday even. So like, I haven't fixed it. That is the, probably the most frustrating bug I have is the grenade bug. Outside of that, like, again, being able to control the camera and like the grenade bug, I'm really enjoying it. At first I was like, oh, it's so limited in the classes. That goes away very quickly. Cool. I well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I, I've like I said, I've been, I've played a little bit. I've gotten a little ways into it. I haven't really started experimenting with like multi-classing or, or like mm -hmm. other factions yet. Uh, I haven't got that far. I've kind of been focusing on finishing Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah. But this is like the next on my list of things to like focus on once i'm i'm done with that the two other like one really good high and one really low portion for me not low as in like it makes it a bad game it's just the game is now at the point for me it's really tough because things are constantly happening on happening on the world map and so like i don't know if it's just because i did choose to play it on like heroic difficulty not legendary but heroic so like one down from like normal and so like Cities are constantly being attacked. Things are constantly happening. There's stuff to do. And like, I have one group of troops. And so, and there's like, you get fatigue and stuff. So I can only do like one or two missions. And like, right now the game is a little bit frustrating because I'm constantly putting out fires. I don't know if I'm supposed to like, say, fuck it, and let things just burn down. Or like, if I'm supposed to like, because I, I have like five or six in-game story missions I'm supposed to do, but I have no time because I'm constantly putting out all the fires. And so too much is happening right now, it feels like, but I just don't know if that'll be the same in normal mode or not. And then the highlight that I really enjoy that this thing adds that XCOM doesn't have, well, they kind of did, but this one does really well, multi-faction battles. 
it is amazing to have like when you show up and then there's Pandorans, there's another faction and potentially another faction and yourself and your allies with one of them, but not the other. And you're all just on the same map moving around trying to like fight each other. And like, oh, that's what that was probably the highlight best moment of this game where I'm like, these guys are really brutal. And I'm trying to kill them because the pan, like the the other faction I'm facing, that's my enemy, can barely do any damage to me. And then suddenly they also are getting wiped out by the Pandora. And so we start teaming up against the third party to get rid of them first. And I know I can kill those guys when we're done. And it was just like <laughs> that was so much fun to have like multiple. The enemy of my enemy became my friend in the game. Nice. Well, um, that's cool. I am eager to like get further into it i'm i'm kind of sad the customization isn't up to xcom levels that's true um, yeah like like i don't feel as attached to my soldiers yet but mm -hmm. also like i haven't been able to name i guess you can name them after people but like i went into like customization and there weren't that many options and i didn't feel like i could create everyone the way i can in the xcom games like i don't know if that's just a thing or if i didn't download a mod or something but yeah it does feel limited in that basically you can reskin them and like you can change their faces and hair but the faces are limited themselves and the hair is also yeah it's it is i felt that i feel you on that one all right well that's a good way to start 2021 i think we we looked back on the end of 2020 in a trash fire of a game that released <laughs> And we're looking forward with a new game we're playing and enjoying and having a blast with. And we'll keep on going. I, uh, I'm i excited to see where 2021 takes Make Me a Gamer. Maybe we'll have a, a, some more guest spots on here in the future. Uh, we've been meaning to do a, a, a Minecraft episode where we get Professor Q and Slim back on here. Uh, -huh. uh kind of like what we did for the civilization episode. Um I know that's one thing I have I've been wanting to do. I look forward to that. Point. I really enjoyed the civilization episode. So I like hearing from other people how they play and game. Maybe we'll work on expanding and, and getting some other guests on here too. Uh we'll see. Cool. Uh but from me to you, our wonderful listeners, uh happy new year. Thanks for starting 2021 with make me a gamer and uh, hopefully we keep you entertained for the rest of the year uh if where can they find you harvey z you can find me on twitter at the z is silent you can find me on twitter at tman plays games you can find our podcast at make me a podcast you can always email us at make me a gamer podcast at gmail.com uh, if we have any emails that i've been uh, sort of lacking on i will try to get to them next episode uh, hopefully that's my plan at the very least and uh you can find my writings at tmanwrites.com uh i recently uh put up the written companion to our game of the year podcast so if you want to see me talk more in depth about my game of the year stuff i did a full top 10 in writing on my website as well and uh that's it you can join our discord uh for, almost forgot about that uh that's a, in the link below in the description okay 2021 first episode in the books we're getting closer to that uh, 100th episode there oh man that would be that's gonna happen this year potentially yeah
Yeah, we're this is episode eighty four. We've only got sixteen more. Wow, that's. I didn't think we'd make it to a. I don't think we. I didn't think when we started like that would be the goal to get a hundred episodes of this thing. Like, holy crap! Yeah, hundred episodes. Me and you shooting the shit. And for some reason, there are some people out there that have actually listened to all of them. <laughs> I don't understand them. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll we'll see you ne- next week. Harvey Z, take us out. I was gonna say peace out and like peace, love, and we need like some like ending catchphrase. It's, but the thing that catches me is like you went and you said like, oh man, these last every time we start are these new year kind of thing. There's multiple new year episodes. This isn't like the second one or the first one. Like yeah. We're we're a fucking franchise. We need to talk about branding. We need to like Harvey Z t-shirts right. and shades. Okay. Yeah, all right. So our our first catchphrase is peace, love, and fuck that turtle. Hashtag fuck that turtle. <laughs>